2: This is Talksport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Blimey, the week's gone quick. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, we start the podcasting thing by looking back at yesterday. And of course, yesterday was the official start of the magic of the FA Cup. Well, I mean, albeit the third round. As that kicked off with Palace against Everton, here's how it sounded on TalkSport. They are so sloppy in possession, Crystal Palace. It is
3: frightening. It's almost like it's a a bit of a hot potato and they don't want to handle it for too long. Yeah, it's probably one of the... It's probably the worst performance I've seen from Crystal Palace in a long time with regards to when they're in possession of the ball, and I think they just look like they've run out of bit of steam. Ball sent long towards Calvert Lewin, who does well to win it this time, and then he almost tackles his teammate, and then looks should have fed Danjuma down this right hand side, but didn't went left instead. McNeil keeps it alive onto Harrison, trying to work her way through. They've got men back now. They've smothered the ball, Crystal Palace and managed to shepherd it out towards the far side. But when Dominic Calvert-Lewin wins the ball, tackles his own teammate, gets up with it in possession, he needs to feed it quickly into Dan Juma, who was running down the side of the box. He didn't do that. I think VAR is checking a red card here um, because of the collision. Where Dominic Calvert Lewin tackled his own teammate. He also left a little bit on Nathaniel Klein. Chris Kavanagh has watched it. He's walking over towards this near side. He sets the single for a red card and he sends off Dominic Calvert-Lewin. We're gonna be in a situation where we people are getting far too many red cards, and it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's a joke I really think it's an absolute joke and we've seen some really poor decisions from the referees this year but I just look at the reaction from the players and you know all of them couldn't quite believe it was even given
2: and of course the boys on the sports bar took your e- calls afterwards
3: what is that? let's go to John who's an Everton fan John
1: hi mate you alright no, I'm good John. Hi, John how are you I'm, Jamie I spoke with you earlier in the, the start of the season when it was going on about this uh, 10 point deduction and things like that and I said you know people laugh and joke about conspiracies but you know that red card seriously seriously I understand the referee can't see everything on the pitch and why VAR's there if a player is endangered or can potentially there's no way on God's earth you have to go for the ball with your foot at that angle to retrieve the ball which Calvert-Lewin was trying to do and that happens on a football pitch a hundred times a game. It's just... And then, to to compound it, what what the Evertonians now are going mad about is Beto is through on goal, and the man has got both of his arms around him. Now, the, again, the referee might not have seen it, but why on earth are VAR not looking at that? Did Everton get everything looked at all the time, over and over again? And it's just starting to get... To the point where... Do
3: you think there's a okay. conspiracy
1: against you, John? Is that what you're saying? You think, it, that you, well, you think someone's can, out can to you, get over? Can you, can, you, can, you, can you watch that game and say, why, why would Everton, another point, and I know it's going back over old ground, but if you go into administration, you get a nine-point deduction. We've got one case of financial fair play and we get a ten-point deduction. Mm. They're just changing the rules as they go along. And what you said about VAR, it makes me angry about the game, and and um, the game was a horrible thing to watch. It was, it was that's, awful. But but, but but then again, you know, Jay, there's seven thousand fans from Everton gone to that I game know, today. I know. You know, you know what I mean? And and to be let down by the referee again—that's what it is. And VAR have let them down again. And it is important for Calvert Lewin. We should appeal that, and say, listen. You've got to endanger a man. You wouldn't endanger a child, that tackle, let's be honest about it. The man hasn't. He's not. There's no way on any football match in the world where you would say he's endangered that man no. or he's gone in maliciously or he's looking to hurt him. It just, just didn't happen. And they're trying to find things that aren't there. And that's what makes us angry.
2: And with the FA Cup kicking off, Simon Jordan spoke about the change of format that might benefit the competition.
4: That what happens every single year is this hand-wringing and this false concern about what the FA Cup is and how it is going to be diminished. The reality of it is is that the all-consuming beast is the Premier League. And what I'm doing is suggesting that the way that the Premier League is marketed by those incompetents at the FA, that they're so weak that they, they, they're actually getting the Premier League to sell the media rights for it, might be benefited by going towards a Sky model, where, this, you know, let's be honest about it... There's no you way look, I thought you would think like this. No, I don't think much of Sky... But I do think that ultimately their presentation of live events is remarkable. Football exists in this country in a new format because of the broadcasters. Everything that's being done for sport is being done by the broadcasters. Look at darts. Look at the, look at the idea of what's happening with darts. Look what's happened with snooker. Look what's happening to other sports that these broadcasters that, that have a real fine eye for developing the sort of raw effects of sports. But the charm of the FA Cup is that it's not behind a paywall. The charm of the no, FA the Cup is it stayed terrestrial. Well, I don't think that's the charm of it. I think the charm of the FA it Cup, is. I don't think that's the charm of it at all. I think the charm of the FA Cup is it's a remarkable tournament that has a huge value and is the oldest cup competition in the world and is revered around the world. But in order for it to compete against the the, the monster of the Premier League and the concerns, I'm not one of the hand-ringers. I'm not suggesting there is a problem. But for those that think there is a problem, here's some potential solutions. Okay, would you prefer this then? If you think the FA Cup is being diminished and you think it's going to die on its backside because of the all-consuming nature of the Premier League, then here's some alternatives. I'm not advocating for it it to be behind a paywall. Maybe there's a model that Sky can acquire the rights for the Premier League and not necessarily put it behind a pay model put it through a different um, a free-to-air proposition and just take the advertising revenue. I'm not suggesting that that's the only way to go. What I'm saying is, if you genuinely think that this this competition is beginning to lose its luster, then think about it differently then. How about this? Is this preferable? Is that preferable?
2: Now, on my show, Andy Olsen's Drive Time, we were joined by a former Stoke and Ireland striker, John Walters, who had a chance to respond to criticism he got from Roy Keane.
5: Don't get me started on John. I tell you, I've, I've worked with John... John Walters. He was demanding. He was demanding to leave Ipswich, and I was down there. Talks a good game. Imagine if he had a good CV. Imagine if he won a trophy.
3: Well, he went on to have a good career as a professional.
5: Sorry? He went on to have a good but
3: career as a professional.
5: He done okay. He done okay. And the games he was fit for with Ireland, he done well. I have to say. But towards the end, when players are turning up and creating stuff, do me a favour.
6: That goes back to probably Ipswich time. I was captain at the time. Mm. Got on with them well. I left. We had well documented fallout. That clip was a bit low because it was on the back of me doing an interview with Ryan Sebady, of all people. it's um, just joined Virgin, um, and it was a, it, it was an emotional interview, and he 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 commented on a few things. So when I go into detail what happened, and when people make things up. Just make sure there's no evidence to the contrary. That's all I'd say, which there is. So when he when he said certain things, and I do tell the story of what actually happened and then what happened again in Ireland, it'll make sense. Because there's a, thing, there's a lot of things that people don't know about my career, through, throughout my career, which, which, which he brought up, and he went very low on a few things. When someone goes low, I, I, like, I, I think I'm someone that sticks up for things that are right for what I believe is right. So if you're going to be the opposite with me, I'm not going to back down. So I'll stick up for myself and stick up for what I think's right.
2: Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know that Luke Humphreys beat 16-year-old Luke Littler, 7'4", to become the PDC World Darts Champion for the very first time. Here's Phil the Power-Taylor on Littler's importance for the sport.
5: My cousin Wayne is he's, he's over in Tenerife, on holiday, and he said, since you retired, Phil, he says, I've not really watched the dogs. Mm. He says, I've not really been interested. He says, but Luke Littler, he says, he makes it exciting. Mm. He says, you used to do that when I played. Obviously, we've been in family as well. But he says, he makes the game exciting, and he mm. does. And that's, that's I think, the big attraction. Mm. I actually feel sorry for Luke Humphries because he's world champion. And everybody's talking to me about Luke Littler. And it was also announced that
2: the teenager will be included in the 2024 Premier League DAS. Phil Taylor has different thoughts about Littler's inclusion.
5: Well, I'd love to see him in there. I, I, I cherish it. I watch the Premier League every week if Luke was there. This time, I don't think he'll play. I think they will look after him. I think mm-hmm. his manager's a bit wiser than just chasing the money. Because so, they'll burn out otherwise. A bit like Josh Rock has done at the minute. He's got to reinvent himself now. Mm-hmm. You know, dust himself off and get back on the practice board where Luke, he's only 16 years old. So if I was Luke's manager, I'd probably shy him away this year and say, we'll do it next
2: The TV audience for Luke Humphrey's victory over Luke Littler peaked at 3.71 million. Wow. Simon Jordan had his say on how the sport can kick on and become mainstream. That's it. But
4: there is an element of that, but there's also an element of that Wimbledon every year, isn't there? Every single tennis court gets packed up until the tournament, after the tournament for two or three weeks, and all of a sudden tennis drops off people's things to do. Um, but what you do is you build an underlying interest. You, you, you're seeing darts and you're seeing the PDC and Barry Hearn's direction of travel, which is to professionalise the game even more than they already have done, to start to build academies underneath it, to start to develop and build the sport into a more inspirational and aspirational sport. Um so w- will it will it will it continue to have the same traction that it's had in the last two or three days no it won't but will it have increased the interest of people um and peaked the interest and developed a, a few more people wanting to participate yeah absolutely it will when you've got an audience of 3.68 million and you're seeing People play darts and you're seeing the level of interest and the intensity. And again, you have to give a huge amount of credit. I'm very quick to to criticise the skies of the world because I don't warm to them as a broadcaster. But I do actually understand the value of what they've done to certain aspects of sport.
2: Now to The Breakfast Show. Billy Sharp joined the gang to talk about joining Hull City. He also spoke about his former teammate, Aaron Ramsdale, and his situation at Arsenal.
7: You know, he, he wants to play. Um... I think he's already made that clear. Um, I think he's disappointed, obviously. Oh, and
0: me. I'm, I, I'm, I find it, not shocking, but I just find it disappointing that he's lost his place. I really do.
7: Yeah, it's, it's one of them. It's, it is football. It's cutthroat at times, and um, I think they actually wanted to sign Ray before Ramsdale and didn't get him, so signed Rammers, and then obviously the goalkeeping coach, I think, was at Brentford before that, so... Yes. They've they've got him in for over Ramos for whatever reason whether it's whether he's better with his feet or but I'm a, a an old fashioned tradi- traditionalist you know <laughs> makes it first and then you know because uh, I, f- I think Ramos is pretty good with his feet um, all goalkeepers make errors because it's a difficult part of the pitch where you you know you're under the microscope all the time and when you've got two keepers wanting to be number one it's always going to be the case yeah. but I think he's He'll probably want to move, but Arsenal probably won't want to let him go because he's top-quality keeper as well.
2: Now, Tuxport's new podcast, The Debrief, with Alan Brazil and Gabriel Bonho is available to download today on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. In the latest edition, Alan gives advice to rock superstar Noel Gallagher, who's attempting to detox to get into shape. I don't know if that means Alan is or Noel is. There's nothing wrong with dry January,
0: if you feel like that. And and there's nothing wrong giving your body a break for four weeks. Of course. I now make it a a point. I I have a couple of days a week where I don't drink. What, every month? Every week. Oh, no, no, I do. I do. Monday, Tuesdays, I'm very good now. Because you just got to give yourself a little break. uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, basically, I'm not allowed out. And she watches me like a hawk. But uh no no listen you should give your body a break doesn't no, my problem is I don't drink enough water i never have done don't like it i'd do without water if i didn't have to drink it that's yeah. the truth i don't like water water's water. for birds what's for fish no he's gone through he's gone through a midlife crisis isn't he yes he is he doesn't know whether he wants a parker on you know his vespa uh, scooter Or does
2: he want a Bentley with a blazer on? He just doesn't know what he's doing now, does he? (laughs) He's got to get back on the road with his band. That's the Debrief with Alan Brazil and Gabby Abbonhall available right now on the Talksport app or wherever you get your podcast from.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Finally, back to my drive time show, Andy Goldstein. And back to former Stokes striker, Jonathan Waters. He spoke about pranks he used to play on his teammates.
6: You come in and People have new trainers. And you should just cut the little the laces just behind where they have to pull them to tie them. So when you tie them, all the laces fall yeah, off. And
0: um, people imagine doing that with so, little, Just little things like that.
6: Um, <laughs> and there's a few others. We used to have communal sloggies in the middle of the changing room. So you get your kit. So you just what? have all your sloggies and socks What's in the a middle. Sluggie? Like it's undies. Pants. Like wear undershorts, like boxes or whatever. So oh, right, you have okay. you've had a pile like of them in traps. the middle. Yeah not Jock. Not do you think like then, pants but, yeah, but so, someone yeah. used to come in and always put deep heat in like three or four oh, pairs okay. in the morning I always used to get the blame was it you no was it you no who was it I think it was Glenn Whelan okay. if I'm perfectly honest but I always used to get the blame so people So but but Peter Crouch always used to put on the pair that had deep heat on so the so next thing you'll turn over and you are looking his leg will be up on the sink with the, <laughs> with the, with the water <laughs>
2: Well, that's it for another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening on the Talksport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe and like button. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcasts out first in the morning. Do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and all, Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from
4: Talksport. Planning for your next trip?